Welcome to Phone Messages, Episode 56, Jimmy's. My name is Paul Mason Foch. This week, I play message number seven from James Warden. The message is about 50 seconds long, and it comes from either the fall of 1988 or the winter of 1989. Let's hear it. Hey, Paul, it's James. Let me guess, you're at Jimmy's? You're drinking a beer? A Rolling Rock? Or no, a Miller Lite? And you're talking to someone? Who are you talking to? Uh, uh, maybe you're there by yourself. Maybe you're there with someone, someone special. Someone very special. I'm just returning your call. And, uh, I guess uh, that's all I have to say. Goodbye. With the previous several messages from James, I speculated about what James was calling about. So, I like how in this message, James is speculating about me. In particular, he wonders whether I am at Jimmy's drinking a Miller Lite with someone very special. This is a classic example of James's deadpan sense of humor. It's unlikely I would be drinking a Miller Lite, and I don't know who the very special person could have been in 1988 or 89. On the other hand, it is quite possible that I was hanging out at Jimmy's, which was the bar I frequented more than any other in Hyde Park those days. In fact, the only other neighborhood bars that I remember from that time were The Cove, which I mention in episode 53, Hannah John Taylor, and The Tiki, which I will discuss in a future episode. In the 1940s and 50s, Hyde Park had a thriving nightlife, but urban renewal during the 1960s led to the removal of dozens of bars. Jimmy's, or as it is officially known, the Woodlawn Tap, was one of the few survivors. The pub was opened in 1948 by Jimmy Wilson so calling it Jimmy's was easier than calling it the Woodlawn Tap, which sounds like a fancy microbrew place in gentrifying Brooklyn. When Wilson died in 1999, the place was taken over by two of its longtime bartenders, Bill and Jim Callahan. But they could not get a new liquor license since state law maintained bars must be at least 100 feet from a church or school, and a Catholic school parking lot was 11 feet too close. Although the parking lot had been built after Jimmy's, the change in ownership meant a grandfather clause no longer applied. 
except for one graduate student who happened to live behind Jimmy's, there was almost universal support for the bar remaining open, including the local aldermen, the Chicago Tribune, and even the principal of the Catholic school that led the city to deny Jimmy's a license. Finally, in January of 2000, the city reversed its decision and ruled that although the school parking lot was located less than 100 feet from the bar, the school itself was much further away. My memory of Jimmy's was frequently stopping by there after a long night of studying at the library to see if there were any friends or acquaintances I could join for some lively political or philosophical discussions. The pub was divided into multiple sections. The main room had a long bar on its left as you entered, and at the back was a hallway that led to three other rooms. In the two middle rooms, one had a few arcade games, and the other had another location to place orders. In the final room, there was a stage where live performances could occasionally be seen. Sometimes I would enter Jimmy's and casually walk through, scouting each room for a familiar face. If I didn't see anyone I knew, I would simply walk out the exit in the last room. And since each room was separate, it never felt awkward, like walking into a place, not ordering anything, and walking out normally would. Okay, that's it for this week. If you would like to participate in this podcast or have comments, please contact me through my website, pfoch.com. That's P-F-O-T-S-C-H dot com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.